0: wake up san francisco and welcome to the off the wall podcast a little shout out to danny tanner right there full house uh as always i'm andrew george and i'm joined by my co-host mike smith how we doing mike
1: oh bob saget there i'm vibing (laughs) i'm vibing though um i've been listening to that vinyl i got at the store we got the other day it's been a really good one
0: dude it's sweet
1: Well, I just want to throw out there because I have to get this out there. Vinyl is the best way, hands down, to listen to music. Um, and I bought the 1975's A Brief Inquiry on Online Relationships. I'm telling you, there's not a bad track in that album, like, at all. So mm-hmm. definitely recommend to anyone to listen to it.
0: Yeah, no, dude, like, to that point about vinyl, too. Like, I know we, uh, yeah, cause we went to the exchange out in uh, Great Northern Mall. It literally sounds like you're at, like, a live concert. like, And then the artwork with it, too.
1: Oh, my gosh, you can't beat it. No, for real. But guess what, Andrew? What? We have a guest today. We have our Sport, man- <laughs> our sport Management Club recent grad and former president, Rachel Montaneri. Fun fact, i looked look this up on Uber Facts. Rachel Montaneri has the highest approval rating of any president in any capacity <laughs> in the United States. But uh, thank you for taking the time, Rachel. And how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you so much. I'm I'm very happy to be here and learn some new interesting facts about myself. Um <laughs> as, well as, as well as you guys. But thank you so much. It's it's really an honor to be speaking and having this conversation with you guys today.
0: It's an honor, yeah. Mr. President.
1: <laughs> For sure. We are stoked to have you on though. And so we'll get right into it. Our first question we want to ask you, because as I just mentioned, you are a recent grad. Um, I'm sure you've grown a lot over your four years at Baldwin Wallace, but if you could go back and talk to your freshman yourself, what is one thing that you might tell her about her experiences over the next four years of her life and why?
2: Yeah, um, honestly, I think the biggest thing would just be to, you know, if I could tell myself on that first day um, coming into campus, being in Sailor Hall, I would just say, you know, go into this next four years um, having no fear and taking advantage of everything and, and anything possible. Um, you know, kind of from the standpoint, there's a lot of things, especially with how it ended that I kind of look back on and I'm like, you know, dang, I really wish I got more involved or did more activities on campus with different clubs. Um, so definitely taking advantage of anything that's given to you um, or available, whether that's volunteering through our sport management program um, or, you know, Participating in any of the outdoor adventure club activities, like the rock climbing, studying abroad, um, really just utilizing everything BW had to offer right from the start is something that I would absolutely love to go back and tell myself.
0: Now, the last uh, last guest we had on was another sport management grad, our buddy Jake Grasso. Grasso, he usually listens to our episodes, so shout out, shout out, you! Thanks for thanks for keep on supporting us. he, we asked him like what he'll remember most about his time at BW, so we'll kind of ask you the same thing. What do you feel, whether it be those relationships you made, um, the program itself, or what do you feel like you'll remember most?
2: Definitely the people. Um, the people and the relationships that were absolutely made because without you guys, um, without sport management, without my friends outside of sport management, I definitely would have had a totally different experience. Um, you know, everyone that was in my life during those four years, professors, students, coworkers that's really what made these past four years the best, um, the best time for me. And definitely with with all of you guys is how I've created some memories that I will absolutely never forget.
0: Would you say that, um, I know we, the three of us um, went together to Miami for this past Super Bowl. Would you say that, because I know you've been on a lot of those, a lot of the um, experiential learning trips, would you say that kind of takes the cake or uh, what do you think?
2: Yeah, no, that was absolutely one of the best ways that, to probably go out, um, especially with everything kind of ending in March. To have that experience is kind of one of the last things that we did um, was absolutely awesome. I think that was one of my best Super Bowl trips. I went to three and that was definitely my most favorite one.
0: Now, kind of like staying on that sport track, um, obviously news about with the coronavirus and we don't know what the fate is of certain leagues. Is there going to be football or is there going to be what's going to happen with different conferences? What are your thoughts about um, the Ivy League deciding to shut down all fall sports and what does look like a trend in major D1 conferences like the Big Ten, the ACC, to uh, decide to play only in conference games?
2: You know, when the Ivy League shut down, um, I remember getting the notification, and and honestly, it sucks. I mean, it sucked to kind of see that headline um, for the players, um, the coaches, staff members, the university as a whole, um, you know, all of sports fans just – I mean, the Ivy League, like you kind of said, isn't one of the major D1 conferences, but they still have some powerful schools. And so to see that they were shutting down all sports similar to how they shut down, they were the first ones to shut down their spring sports and kind of pull out a March Madness. Um, you know, it, it just sucks for all those people that are directly affected by it. And seeing that at first, I was like, you know, oh oh, crap, like here starts the waterfall of all the conferences kind of either canceling or doing something. But I think that's kind of what put a lot of pressure on the power five conferences to do something and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 kind of acting to only go to conference only games.
0: What are your thoughts, Mike?
1: Well, I think um, it definitely wasn't a great sign for people that want to see fall sports this coming semester, I don't think. And uh Like Rachel had said, back in March when the pandemic first broke out, the Ivy League was among the first to shut their basketball season down. So I don't know if that's necessarily great news for fall sports. I also think um, with the conferences saying that they're going to play in conference games only now, I think that that thought has become real for ADs and conference representatives that there may not be fall sports at all, Um, which is unfortunate. Um, and I think this could just be slowing down that final call. But if cases continue to rise, I just don't see how they can do it. And again, I know I brought up this point, I think it was a few weeks ago when we had Grosso on the episode. But if we do have cases that are still skyrocketing up, if we have schools that won't let students on campus or letting them on campus is a completely different normal than what we're accustomed to, I just think the NCAA kind of shoots themselves in the foot if they are full go with sports just because I think that whole student-athlete argument doesn't apply anymore because if any, you know, quote-unquote normal student has to do all these precautions, but, you know, these guys can still play football and soccer and whatnot in the fall, I think it just it doesn't work well for the ncaa in that argument because ultimately that argument is what is used as to whether or not they should pay athletes so i think that's a point that it's not directly affected by everything that's going on but i think it's one that can be indirectly impacted as well
0: yeah and to like to both your get to both your points about like everything you guys are saying i feel like to me, like the way I interpreted seeing everything with the Ivy League and how we're seeing with uh, Big Ten, ACC and everything going on is I just view it as merely like an extension of the virus as a whole of like the lack of leadership that we've had with the virus and the ignorance to like social distancing, wearing masks and that uh, weird guy and weird orange man in Washington, D.C. <laughs> saying 99% of cases are harmless and not to listen to the CDC, stuff like that. It's just... It just it just sucks because like I know Mike and I hit on this um, about like why are we so divided with our episode last week. But um it's like if you just look at like, New Zealand, for example, or I mean, they held like sporting events and they've only had like two new cases. And uh, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's a lot, a lot of unknowns. But um I don't know. I'm just hoping things can kind of progress. So I don't have to spend my um 20th birthday party inside playing Scrabble. Oh, no. So, <laughs>
1: But no, to that, to that point, Japan is bringing back fans as well. I think Korea's baseball league is too. I have an interesting question too I want to ask you guys because I posed this a few weeks ago. I want to see if your thoughts have changed at all, Andrew, and I want to see what you think, Rachel. But could you see a scenario again where D1 sports might come back but not the lower levels where it is harder with some of the budget cuts plus... I mean, the NCAA is about making money at the end of the day, and there are a lot more profits to be gained from those TV deals with big conference games going on. So could you see a fall where there's D1 sports, but maybe not sports at the lower levels within the NCAA?
0: Uh, let me think. Rachel, you want to take this first, and then I'll bounce like, off.
2: Just to elaborate, like D1 sports would still go through while the lower-level divisions can't.
1: Right. Just because of the TV deals and everything.
2: Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And that's definitely something that I've talked about with a lot of people just because even talking to some of the staff members at BW um, back in the spring, you know, we were kind of jumping ahead into fall. And we rely, especially at BW alone, a lot on our events um, and our sporting events as well. So all that money and revenue that even our conservatory students are bringing in with their performances or their fall play. Um, our football games, our bat, or not basketball, but our soccer games, if we lose all of that, I think that it's a lot more detrimental for us. Um, because we don't have kind of like those backup funds. Like we rely a lot more on a year to year basis versus, you know, when you have all those TV deals at the bigger level, You know, they have a lot of wiggle room in order to kind of make some more things work um, in the long run if they lose out. I don't think the one thing, though, is since a lot of schools lost out on March Madness, if they were to lose out on the fall sports season, too, I don't think some D1 schools would be able to kind of recover very well from that.
1: That's a really good point, too. Andrew, what do you think? Actually, it looks like – I think we lost Andrew for a minute. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, were you able to take the time to think, do you think D1 sports may show up but not D2 or D3, Andrew, in the fall?
0: That's a good idea. Um, of course not. Sure. Uh, the, I mean, because we haven't even begun to see, like, the remotely the end of this thing. So um, I definitely don't think they should do it. But with the financial – components at stake i could definitely see that happening
2: yeah and even to go back to like the conference only games i mean mike what you said about you know the challenges it brings within the student athlete definition alone i know the patriot league commissioner when they announced that they were canceling fall sports she even came out and said that one of the biggest reason they canceled was because of their focus on the higher education part like as opposed to the athletic side um which i think is like huge to that point
1: no definitely I think it'll just be interesting to say I know the three of us obviously don't want fall sports canceled necessarily just because it impacts us directly but if there's no safe way to do it Mm -hmm. I just think it's in the better interest of the athletes but um I guess time will tell with that sticking with sports and I guess some of the um issues that have been brought to light within our society over the last month and a half. There has been pressure on teams with indigenous population names lately to change their team mascot and team names. Among these teams are the Cleveland Baseball Organization and Washington's Football Organization. Washington has already said that they're going to retire their logo and mascot, although we don't know what it will be yet. Cleveland said that they were having internal discussions, which leads me to believe they're probably going to end up changing it, because if not, I think you shoot yourself in the foot as far as your public image. With that said, and I'll go ahead and turn this over to you first, Rachel, do you have some interesting name choices for what Cleveland and Washington could be?
2: Oh, boy. Okay. Well, actually, <laughs> well, when Washington first announced it, um, Grosso, Alex, and I hopped on a FaceTime for maybe like an hour and a half to two hours, just discussing like what they would change the name to, how we would redesign the logo. Like it, it was a very interesting discussion. But the number one name that we came up with was the Washington Red Hawks, which I know has been also posted online, but I will give Jake Grosso credit that he said it hours after the first article.
0: <laughs> you, like you heard it here first.
2: <laughs> you heard it here first on all. Um, but yeah, we came up with the Red Hawks. I've seen the Red Tails, which yeah, you know, it could it could flow off the tongue. And then um, the best one that I liked, um, all three of us, like one of the first things that just randomly came to the <laughs> the top of our heads was just the Washington monuments. Like I don't know.
1: I thought about that, too, actually.
2: Yes, thank you. I, I don't know where it came from, but it just, yeah, Washington monuments, I don't know. For a football team, eh, but...
0: Yeah, it's a work in progress. <laughs> what
1: would the logo be, though? I'm trying to think of, like, how you could work that into a logo, like...
0: <laughs> about a mascot? What does he just kind of dress as, like... <laughs>
1: well, Stanford has a tree. You could just have a mascot that's just the Washington <laughs> monument itself, like...
2: yes. <laughs>
0: Infantry tree is scary, dude. I don't know if I want to be seeing that uh, every Sunday.
1: Dude, it is scary, actually.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, dude, I don't know. The best idea we had.
0: <laughs> yeah, with with Washington's football team. Uh, so, I want to make an important note, and Mike and I talk about this all the time. Um, that Dan Snyder did not do this out of morality; he did this because of financial hit. Um, <laughs> just make just to throw that out there. Um, it took uh, seven years to realize for Dan Snyder that racism is bad. <laughs> That was easy. I hope that went through. (laughs) But but, uh, Yeah, so, yeah, just to throw that out there. And then, so, a couple of names I thought of was, I'll be honest, I kind of, like, was geared towards, like, meme names. Like, I don't know, I didn't really want to think of, like, any, like, real names. So, I threw out the Washington Wood Thrush. The Wood Thrush is the official bird of Washington, D.C. And um, (laughs) it has, I read today, has the um, same posture of an American robin. So they can keep that same red color scheme, and all is all would be well in the NFL. Um, we got the Washington Generals, um, just like the opponents of the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, they would have to revamp that color scheme, Damn, and then I one of mine. oh, really, dude? Yeah. Great minds think alike. I don't think you'll have this next one though. The Washington Pretzels. Uh- <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> because- I don't have. That I want one. that one. Well, because marketing would be through the roof, um, with uh, Snyder's Pretzel brand with Dan Snyder, and obviously, Ooh. I mean, we know he won't pass up an opportunity to make money. So, uh... or you could
1: partner <laughs> with Auntie Ons because their pretzels are better.
0: Uh, well, yeah, but with Snyder because Dan Snyder, Snyder's Pretzels—that that's the little connection. Fair, so, fair. I don't know. Uh, That—that's that, what I threw out for that. <laughs> Is it Auntie
2: right, so Mike? Mike?
1: I mean, I say it wrong because it's probably auntie Ans but like even when i say auntie like i can't say ands because it just won't flow so like auntie ons but i feel like it's auntie ands interesting. <laughs> interesting i just like saying auntie on i think no it's idea. better than auntie Anne's. anyways <laughs> discussion for so, another time but right next we don't episode. have enough time on this episode to get into what things should be called or else i mean anyways <laughs> uh, <laughs> So for Washington, I have the Washington wannabes because they want to be winners, but they're not. Um, this was probably oh. the worst of my name choices, but...
0: Mike's I taking names.
1: <laughs> I am taking names. <laughs> the second one, I actually kind of like this, okay? Because I'm not a soccer guy, but hear me out on this one. The House of Washington Football Club. That's so a long name. <laughs> yeah, but you have the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Like, it works in some capacities. But so football club is a play on real football, which is soccer. Plus, I mean, house is huge in Washington. You have the White House and then the house, which is a branch of Congress. So those are my two arguments for that name. But I'm assuming that one got scrapped immediately. It's not um, <laughs> my, my, my third one was the Washington Generals, too. Now, the owner of the Globetrotters actually said they would be willing to give them that name. You could also honor generals that have served in our military. Plus another sponsorship idea, Andrew. You could probably get a sponsorship with the general insurance oh. with that wacky dude in his penguin. And Shaq. I think Shaq's a part yeah. of that too. So dude, I could definitely roll with the generals.
0: I think you're onto something with that. Cause, yeah, because if you get you get the um you get the general insurance, then you get I mean Shaq just comes with
1: it. That I mean, figures everybody. out your mascot too, because it doesn't make sense uh, at face value, but you could have a freaking penguin as your mascot.
0: No, that'd be sweet. I think I think we've decided on the generals.
1: I think we need to be head of marketing for Washington. Yeah, we'll see. Let's write we'll see. them a letter.
0: Uh, Rach, what do you do? What do you? Uh, what about Cleveland? What are you, What are you going to rename our baseball team?
2: Cleveland was so hard for me, and I think it was easier to do Washington because you know you don't have that same level of attachment to them, so it's easy to just throw out some names. But when you hear the Cleveland Indians like every single day, especially when you've worked there. Like, anything I could come up with, it just, my top one was, I guess, the spiders, and I know that's posted everywhere, but I don't love it, but I think that all of the mock logos that people are creating and the merchandise and stuff is, like, really, it's really spot on. I can't, can't deny that. Like, I've loved what I have saw from the incorporation there.
1: Twitter Um, art, is crazy with that stuff. There's some people that can legitimately make sports logos.
2: Yeah, and the Cleveland Buzzards, I know they like I saw mock jerseys with like the Buzzards and the logo on it and I can't lie like that was also pretty sick. But like they all sound weird to me, like no matter what you put after it just cuz I'm so used to hearing the Cleveland Indians.
0: No, yeah, I, I definitely feel I mean it would be sweet. I, I love um I love the Akron Rubber Ducks a lot. I think that's the best team name in and like yeah. all <laughs>
2: it's it obviously so well I
0: don't know so maybe we can like I don't know we can work out a deal with them <laughs> um mike, to... what about... oh mike what about you
1: uh so the first name I actually scrapped Cleveland out of the name cool. the rock city legends oh. Mm. oh I like that oh. thank good. you so I did hear like I think the Rocks were proposed, the Rockers, but a lot yeah. of people don't like that because it's too close to the Rockies, which I kind of agree with. But it still pays tribute to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which, of course, we have in Cleveland. And I just think like that's kind of marketable. Like I was thinking of what you can do with the jerseys or even the logo. Because I kind of like for the All-Star game, they had like the guitar logo. Yeah. I thought that was pretty thick. So I think you could do a lot of stuff with the legends. I just feel like that would be marketable. Um, my second one, this name sucks, but I just thought it was funny. The Cleveland midges, which are those freaking summer bugs that are up by the lake that I swear to God don't exist in any other place in the world but Cleveland.
2: <laughs> I had that on my list and I was like, Nope, can't do
0: it. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: That's fair. I can't even imagine like I just feel like that would be so ugly, like with the logo and jerseys all together. I just don't think there's any way you can work that, but I thought it was funny. And you have the two thousand seven ALDS game where they were literally all over Jabba Chamberlain with the New York Yankees. That like- <laughs> was so gross. But my last one and, Andrew, I actually disagree with your Rubber Ducks take because, for me personally, the Arrows will always be better than the Rubber Ducks. Name Dude, no chance. Wise.
0: The no Cleveland chance. Arrows,
1: bring them have back. You, have you love...
0: seen the quackers they sell in the gift shop? <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, you have me on the quackers. But, like, <laughs> other they... than that, other the jerseys are sweet for both teams, though, because I dig the purple with the Arrows, but I love, like, the, the orange ones especially that they've been wearing with the Rubber Ducks are sick.
0: Dude, it's rubber ducks, and it's not even close. I love the air I have arrows gear from when they used to be the arrows, but when they became the rubber ducks, that opened up a whole new world.
1: Dude, but you can bring orbit to Cleveland, and space uh, is cool. What's cooler, rubber ducks or space?
0: Rubber ducks, dude. Agree
1: <laughs> to disagree on that disagree. one. All right, all
0: right. Well, what's your what's your last uh, last team name?
1: Those were three. Oh, up. those were three. Actually, though, if you're going to ask me, shout out to the – I love this – the Cleveland Burning River. I just think yeah, that's yeah. an awesome <laughs> oh my God. That,
0: was always, that was my – I saw that on, was it like CBS Sports? That was – I, I laughed. That was, that was my favorite one. Um, No, mine, I got – okay, I got the Cleveland Blues because you got the music connection with the Hall of Fame here. And when people get sad, they get the blues. We have sports as our distraction. So okay. that's – that's something. Uh, we got shout out to my sister Sarah for this next one. The Cleveland Blizzards. It sounds cool. It fits with our weather scheme.
1: Dairy Queen partnership.
0: That's literally my next point on my word document right now. Sorry, <laughs> the, Dairy Queen, the Dairy Queen promotions are out, dude. The, those those would just be out the wazoo. Those would be mm.
1: put them in the ballpark. Oh my God, I get that I every time I went to an Indians yeah. game.
0: Yeah, and the color scheme would be sweet. Like, so we can have like, obviously we don't have like exactly what the Rubber Ducks have, but that kind of similar blue and then. Maybe like a little red mixed
2: in. The I mean, that would be blue. Cool. I'd go with an icy blue there.
0: Yeah, that'd be. So I off, agree.
1: Though. I think for the uniforms, the icy blue, and hear me out on this: dark blue pinstripes with the icy blue. Hmm.
0: No? Interesting. Uh, maybe I don't know.
1: Go into Adobe right. Photoshop. Call
2: it up, Mike, and then send it. <laughs> <laughs> no and problem.
0: then my last one. My last one. I think this one just sounds funny, and it also honors Bob Feller, the Cleveland Fellers. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's funny because they're like, "What's up, fellas?" It's like, "What's up, fellers?" And it's like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that would be uh, no, that that'd be pretty sweet. I met Bob Feller in Goodyear once for spring training, and he was really nice. So
1: probably get out. more West Virginia fans with fellers. Yeah, <laughs> but
0: yeah. Right. We would just draw in a whole number, a whole other demographic. Just like <laughs> starts rolling. Oh my gosh! But um, switching years though. Okay, this is definitely going to be the best topic of the show so um (laughs) this is obviously we mentioned earlier um rachel was our sport management club president for a couple years and now that she's gone our very own michael smith will be taking her place as president so what we wanted to do was a little game show thing called guess that president and so here's here's what's going to happen so i'm going to read a state um five statements to rachel and everything's going to start off with this president and then yada, yada, yada. And so she's going to have to guess, is it Mike I'm talking about or a U.S. president? It could be former or current. So here we go. Are
1: you ready, Rachel?
2: Yeah, I'm ready.
0: Rachel, are you sure you're ready? You don't sound that ready.
2: Oh, no. no, no I'm ready. <laughs> five, yeah. five out of All five right. right here.
0: All right. So this president once called 911. As a child, is it Mike or a U.S. president?
2: Nine one one on a child?
1: No, no, no. As a child.
2: Oh, as it Mike.
1: Yes. Um. At least if I remember this (laughs) correctly, I hope I do. No, I think when I was younger, maybe I was four or five years old. I crawled up on the counter, and that's when we still had like a home phone or something. I don't know what compelled me to do it, but I did call nine one one as a child, and. My parents had to answer the phone and tell them there wasn't a problem at our house or anything, but oh my that God. is a true story. Actually, funny story too. My brother, you know how you have like the, um, you don't have to use a password for the emergency call on your phone. He accidentally like butt dialed 911 and we had, we had a police officer show up to our house like about five or six months ago, sometime over winter break because he did that. So I guess it runs in the Smith family. Oh my gosh.
0: Matthew Smith. What a kid. <laughs> Alright, okay. Next question. This president once spent time working on a peanut farm. Is it Mike or a U.S. president?
2: Uh, I'm gonna go with the U.S. president.
0: Stop the music. It was a U.S. president. Oh. It was the 59th president, Jimmy Carter. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Two for two. <laughs> two for two. All right, Mike, the music, please. <laughs> this president once burned his hand on a grill only to yell and stabilize himself by placing his other hand on the same grill. Oh, my God. Is this Mike or a former U.S. president?
2: Is it Mike?
0: Mike, the music? It is Mike. Oh Mike, <laughs>
1: We were my family and I, we went on a friend's boat and he was grilling burgers and I went on the boat and I went to set my hand down on the grill, which was burning, only to yell a few explicitives, and then try to stabilize myself with my other hand, which I burnt again, and then I immediately just jumped into the water because both my hands were on fire. Oh. Good times. Happy All childhood. Right.
0: Mike music? This president once broke a window while playing catch. Is it Michael, or is it the former U.S. president? Michael, the music, please. Mm,
2: I'm going to go with Mike.
0: It is Mike! Mike, oh explain! <laughs>
1: wow, four for four. <laughs> no, so, <laughs> my mom got so pissed at me because me and my brother, I think... Yeah, it was me and my brother, we were throwing... We were playing catch in front of a window, which was a stupid idea in the first place. <laughs> we could have done it in a different direction. But I threw on, I swear it could have been caught. My brother says otherwise. He for sure could have caught the ball. We went right into our kitchen and my mom was pissed at me for probably a week. And we didn't even get the window fixed for like three or four months. We just took that uh, packing tape and put it over the window. That's so, true. Yeah. All I right, are you, are you ready? Are you ready? Yep, you ready to close out the show, Rage?
2: All or nothing, right here.
0: Oh, this is a tough one. You can phone a friend if you'd like. This president was unanimously elected by his peers. Is this Mike or a U.S. president? Mike. Michael, the music, please. This was a trick one. It was actually two. It was actually both. It was Mike who ran unopposed, so that's why he. <laughs> A <laughs> win's a win.
1: <laughs> it up.
0: We're
2: happy to see it. We're happy to see it.
0: <laughs> and uh, George Washington actually was also elected unanimously.
2: Oh, to oh, the country. Yeah, yeah the, well, the more
0: you know. <laughs> yeah, the what
1: more you know. Is I'm essentially on Mount Rushmore.
0: You're on the you're on the path, Mike. You're on the path.
2: <laughs> well, there have been petitions to take down Mount Rushmore so we could put your face up in as replacement there, Mike. <laughs>
1: mm. just smc presidents you'll be up there too rachel
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right um so yeah now we're going to close out the show with we're going to kind of transition um back to some stuff we were talking about earlier with the virus so we'll start we'll, we'll swing it over to rachel first so what do you personally feel will be your greatest takeaway from the coronavirus once we return back to the life that we are all really accustomed to. So it could be like a new outlook, any ambitions you have, really anything that you feel like um, you're going to be able to look back on and take away.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Honestly, I think the biggest thing that comes to mind is just live life to the fullest because, you know, you never know what could happen and kind of always expect the unexpected. Those are definitely two, uh, Outlooks, things that I will definitely always be keeping in the back of my head, um, moving forward, especially after this. Um, I mean, who knew, honestly, with today's modern medicine and the technology, that we'd be struggling so much with this global pandemic? You know, you you learn in history about all the pandemics that happened in the early to mid 1900s, and you kind of think to yourself, like, you know, that makes sense that they got hit so hard because they didn't have the resources we do today. Um, But yet here we are. So definitely, um, you know, who would have thought when we were down in Fort Lauderdale for spring break, um, we'd be coming back and and never returning for our senior year. So, you know, there's so many people, high school, college, um, at every level that things ended just so quickly, so fast. And we all had so many goals Um, just three, four months ahead of us, and they all came crashing down. So definitely got to live life. You know, nothing's guaranteed, and this has definitely um, helped tighten that kind of thought for me.
0: Couldn't have said any better myself, honestly. Um, Mike, what about you?
1: No, I completely agree with that, and I think just to throw along with that, just kind of appreciating some of the simple things in life. Um, I think it's just being able to, for me at least, just like, Cause i love being on campus and that sort of thing i feel like that's even up in the air right now in the fall and even if we do go on campus what will be normal isn't really the normal we were accustomed with before so i think just appreciating simple things like that i mean for me what i've been able to do during the quarantine is just i think some introspection on myself for better or worse but i feel like i just continue to learn more about myself because When a lot of the things you had going on before, you don't have going on anymore. You have more time just to think. And I've just been able to, one of the things I loved doing as a kid was read. And for whatever reason, over the last several years, I just haven't done it as much. And I've taken the time to get back into a habit of reading more and more. And I actually really enjoy it. So I've been able to take that away too. But um, yeah, I think just trying to better yourself as a person, and if you can as a professional, develop some skills during the quarantine, I think that's making the most of what isn't necessarily an ideal situation.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I really want to harp on um, like both of what, um, what you guys said, especially Rachel with your point about like living life for the fullest. I think um, I know Mike and I went to go play catch the other day um, after we were on campus and we ended up talking for a little while afterwards, like by our cars. And this is something we were, and I kind of brought up to when we were talking about is um, I feel like with that living life to the fullest, like you mentioned, Rach, is kind of like, I feel like my outlook on, in terms of like truly living each day at a time um, and being able to take in everything around me is something that, something that I won't say, like wasn't there before um, the virus, but something that is amplified, like to the point where it's it's like more noticeable, if that makes any sense. Kind of like you're more aware of your surroundings and things, kind of like your experiences. And I wanna sh- I wanna shout out a show real fast, actually. Um so for those listening and if you I don't know if you've um you have seen this, but it's a new show on Netflix and it's called um Down to Earth with Zach Efron. Have either have you heard of that? Yes,
2: of I haven't watched I it know. yet.
0: So definitely wa- it's probably become my favorite show of like the quarantine. Well actually behind Seinfeld. I finished Seinfeld like a couple <laughs> weeks ago, but uh, <laughs> um so basically what the show is about is he it's Zach Efron and he talks about kind of like living sustainably and he travels the world and um, just different places. And it's about, like I said, like living sustainably and really just experiencing that sense of awareness and purpose about how other societies function, which is something I feel like in the U S we don't always do um, because we're always telling ourselves like how we're the best at a lot of different things, but we don't really, I feel like acknowledge how a lot of other societies function and we can learn so much about how amazing i feel like the world really is and i feel like kind of just to heart harp on like everything else that I'm saying is just more than anything like as each day goes by like i feel like for me personally like i'm actively learning more about how to take that kind of positive mindset that makes me feel like the best version of myself because like i don't know if this is kind of like i know mike we you can jump in and we've talked about this is like you ever just be like driving on the highway or something and then just like taking in all like the air and everything and it's just kind of like you know like oh this is like i feel i just feel great yeah like you know what i'm talking about mike Mm -hmm. kind of like that like i feel like to be able to kind of get that realization of that um that will that plays into really getting the most out of every day um which goes all circles back to what rachel said to start off like like being able to live life to the fullest i feel like when you break it down like that's that's just how i how i interpret it
2: yeah absolutely i agree to all of that
0: so um, that's yeah that's hopefully we'll see i mean maybe we'll have you back on rachel when the virus is gone and we'll see uh yeah we'll we'll see where we're at with that so um any any other any other closing thoughts mike rachel
2: yeah um, i mean lastly just again thank you so much for having me on you know um everything at the moment is just so unpredictable. We don't know what's going to happen, but regardless of what does, um you guys, you two and and everyone in our program, I mean, you guys got some great futures ahead of you regardless. So definitely um could not have graduated regardless of everything that's happening um with better people alongside all of us and I know any senior that graduated would agree as well, but you guys have seriously been awesome and continue to be awesome even through all of this and we're not even on campus anymore so thank you always for your support and i think this podcast is a big way to keep everyone connected and you guys have been killing it so never lose hope always keep aiming for your goals reaching your goals and you know you guys got some great futures ahead um regardless of what happens so always remember that
0: major major shout out as we always do to bw and definitely our program because we would not know each other without it, the three of us right now. And I mean, I can speak for all, like, I I don't know. I love to just be able to have you guys as friends and just talk about everything about, um, how Mike called 911 as a kid to, uh, deep stuff. (laughs) No, but no, just shout out our program and, uh, Rachel, you're going to, you're going to do great things. I mean, in a couple of years that I've known you, so no doubt about that. But, um, as always, uh, thanks for listening to us. Uh, at follow, hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Off the Wall underscore BW. DM us, um, email us, whatever you want. You want to hear, want to hear talked about, and um, we'll make send it happen. A send a pigeon. No, send an owl from Harry Potter. Hedwig. <laughs> <laughs> no, last deal. Thank, thank you, and um, we'll we'll see you next week. We'll, well, yeah, we'll talk to you next week.